Okay, we're all in take five. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Austin's all sports leader, the Horn. Oh, yeah. Get them up, get them going. A lot of you already up and going because school's back in session, which means you had to get the kids into this car line, get them to school for the first day. And you know, sometimes, Rod, that can be a tear-jerking moment for moms and dads. I hear you're supposed to be emotional. Mm. Now, listen, yeah. you, uh, you are, you're going to get there. Yeah, I got a little while. Got a few years, a couple of years. But, yeah, I hear it's emotional when you drop them off for the first time. It is. It yeah. is. And, of course, uh, mom takes the picture every year, and then by the end you have all the pictures. First day of school. First day of school. You're, you'll be there, Rod. Trust me. You'll be there. Hey, uh, I'm looking forward to it. All the kids got the, the right fit for the first day. Gotta I know it's all nice about. Got to look, look clean. Got to make sure you look clean for the first day. So that's really what it was all about. You didn't really care after that, but that first day outfit was, it had to be on point, man. You had to be, you know, had to be legit. What was the most important aspect of the outfit? Was it the shoes? It, oh, it was everything. The I mean, it, it was everything. Oh, the whole yeah, man. You had to make sure like everything was on point. Coordinate. You gotta yes, coordinate. <laughs> the shoes had to be nice, had to be right. You know what I mean? The right shirt, pants, all that. So it it was that was like a whole summer in the making to make sure you had the right fit on the first day. So you went to Houston Lamar High. Houston Lamar, baby. DB High. Wait, what you, what middle school did you attend? Uh, I went to Pershing Middle School. We we're the Pandas. Pershing Pandas. Yeah, really scary. Well, now, Persian for people pandas. who don't know Houston, Houston Lamar is down there in pretty nice time. Spur Spur Oaks. Yeah. Spur Oaks is the nice, it's the richest part of Houston. Right there off 610. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, Big yeah. money. Right Big by the Galleria. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's oh, yeah. A, my my classmates had, like, Hummers and <laughs> and like Range Rovers and BMWs in the parking lot. Oh, that was clean. Uh, that was, that was well, you and Ty can relate on that. It looked like NIL out there. <laughs> Ty can relate. He went to Westlake, right? They're exactly. Rolling in there with like it, 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 Teslas. Yeah, it, 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 in some ways, and not in not the football way, but in some ways it can be considered kind of the Westlake of HISD. Well, that's interesting because I my school, I grew up in a pretty <laughs> normal neighborhood, right, suburban Houston neighborhood, but uh, Cypress Creek at the time, you know, the Cypress District down in Houston oh, yeah. has now got like 12 schools. Yeah, si- I, I remember. We played Cypress Creek when I was there. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, when I was in school, there was only Cypress Creek and Cypress Fair in Jersey Village. That was it. Yep. And then Langham Creek came online, but we, so but Cy Creek was known as the because Cy Fair was the agriculture. It was kind of like the Aggies and the Longhorns, right? We, <laughs> Cy Fair was Cypress Fairbanks, and it was out in the country. In That's the where country. the Cowboys went, and um, you know we were Cy Creek, where we're we were all all the all the yuppies went, you know, mm-hmm. at the time. Uh, so yeah. yes, that was. But I was. But yes, we had some nice cars in the parking lot. Nothing like Westlake. Nothing like Westlake. HIC's has got two of those because Bel Air High School is like that oh, too. Yeah. Bel Air. Air and H Town's just like and that as went well. To Lamar, so mm-hmm. yeah, look good. Ty, what was uh, what was first day of school attire like for you? Did you have to? Did you do you take pride in that first outfit, or you didn't clean? Uh, you know, I'm not much of a fashionista, so <laughs> I usually I was a big I was a big sweatshirt with a jersey on top of it, and in high school I'd. Put my hair in a man bun for most days. Which wow. Man bun. That's it. A little regrettable now, but. <laughs> well, See, good luck. was too cool to worry about a clean outfit for the first day. Well, he'd already been doing the football practice thing before. I, I wore slides with no socks downtown. 
this this weekend. <laughs> Look at you, man. Yay. Chicks are all over you like a like a fly a fly magnet. You're <laughs> a fly paper or something. Austin ISD, Maynard ISD, and Fredericksburg. Kids back to school today, as we said. Pflugerville, Round Rock, San Marcos, and Dripping tomorrow. By Wednesday, everybody will be back. Lake Travis, Eanes, Elgin, Leander, Liberty Hill, and Wimberley on Wednesday. But uh, in Georgetown, I think, on Thursday is what I saw. But either way, best oh, of yeah. luck. Texas be careful out it. there. That means slow down. The traffic's going to be more. And you know what else happens coming up this week, too, Rod? The UT goes back to school. So that's when uh, it gets really So crowded. now the, uh, the yeah, traffic Mageddon here in here Austin. We come. Now it's here full throttle, come. baby. Full throttle. What's been kind of smooth and easy, a lot of mornings the last few months. Not anymore. about to crank back up. Mm. Be advised. Be advised. Feel if you're bad, already yeah. sitting in it, our man Don Miller will help you get through it as we crank. But Don't we got uh, this hour coming off of our Bullish or BS segment. We got Rod's, uh, we got some behind the burnt orange curtain coming up the bottom of the hour. Longhorns in a scrimmage that they had over the weekend. Uh, plus, we'll go off the record. First, let's get the headlines. Catch you up on the news of the morning. Top Gun equipment rentals. Yeah, some breaking news this morning from the NBA. Just heard from uh, Ty in the head in the uh, Bullish or BS. James Harden this morning at an event saying that Daryl Morey is a liar. He'll never play for the Philadelphia 76ers. So that story is percolating this morning. Also from Texas football on the college football side of things, now 19 days to start of the 2023 season. Longhorns held their first of two training camp scrimmages on Saturday morning. First full squad uh, scrimmage was closed to the media and public, but multiple insider reports indicating that the Texas defense had the better day than the offense on Saturday overall. But freshman quarterback Arch Manning had a solid day. That included a long touchdown run between 50 and 60 yards, ran away from the defense. Also, according to eyewitnesses, fellow freshman Malik Murray Muhammad uh, returned a pick six for a score off of Malik uh, Murphy, the quarterback, picked him off and took him to the house. Also running back Keelan Robinson took a long one for a touchdown after breaking free on a fourth and short. Texas will be on the practice field again this afternoon in the heat, after which head coach Steve Sarkeesian will meet with the media about his thoughts on what's going on in that scrimmage. Also on the NFL over the weekend, Cowboys opened their three-game preseason, lost uh, at home to Jacksonville, 28-23. Didn't make, tough to make much of the game considering the Cowboys didn't play quarterback Dak Prescott or any of their projected starters on offense. Uh, but how about some of the guys trying to make this squad in a big way? K-State star, former K-State star in Round Rock, Cedar Ridge running back Deuce Vaughn made a strong case. Team sixth-round pick posted a couple of highlight reel runs, rushed for 50 yards and a go-ahead touchdown late in the third quarter. And fellow rookie and former Longhorn linebacker DeMarvion Overshow showed up quite a bit on Saturday. Um, the Cowboys' third-round pick was in on six tackles, doing a big third-down stop in the first quarter that forced a punt. DeMarvion Overshow after the game said, hey, I'm just living the dream. I did, definitely, you know, putting the jersey on. You know, I put it on for OTAs, but it was for pictures. But, you know, putting it on and putting my armbands on and my sleeve and realizing that I'm going to do this for the Dallas Cowboys. You know, a lot of people dream about that. A lot of people say, man, I want to do that. And uh, I'm, I'm part of that 1% that, that got the chance to do that. So I, I definitely, before the game, took five deep breaths and just, just soaked it in. And like I say, I, I wouldn't want to be nowhere else. I'm, I'm glad to be here. And, you know, like I said, I'm looking forward to the rest of the year. Making an impression. Cowboys and Jags preseason game 1-14 to 14 over the weekend. Rod and I will discuss the highlights throughout the morning here on Ian Rod B. Major League Baseball Rangers entered the weekend with a two-and-a-half game lead on the second-place Astros in the AL West. They come out of it with the same lead, two-and-a-half. Both teams won two out of three, and both uh, Astros and Rangers were going for sweeps yesterday afternoon, but both lost. In San Francisco, Rangers got walked off. Two-run homer in the 10th inning for the Giants catcher Patrick Bailey. The difference, 3-2, to two, the final there down in Houston. Astros scored 22 runs in their wins on Friday and Saturday, 11 in both games, but back 
bats went cold yesterday. They lose it 2-1. to one. Shohei Otani belted his 41st home run of the season. By the way, Shohei Otani and the Angels are going to go up to Arlington open up a series with the Rangers tonight. The L.A. announced yesterday that the their superstar is going to skip his scheduled starting pitching assignment on Wednesday to rest his arm. He will be in the lineup, though, as a DH. Astros open a four-game series in Miami tonight against the Marlins. And in golf, the veteran Lucas Glover won for the second time in as many weeks. The 43-year-old followed up his win at the Wyndham Championship last week. Yesterday, he topped Patrick Cantlay in a playoff. He wins the FedEx St. Jude Championship in Memphis. St. Jude was the first leg of that FedEx Cup playoff run. Top 50 players in this week's event will advance to play at the BMW Championship outside Chicago this week. They'll tee it up on Thursday. Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Top Guns join forces with the legendary Austin Outdoor Power to give you the best lines of outdoor power equipment and fastest repair turnaround times in town. TopGun.net will shoot you straight. In the Arch Manning report about him having the 50-plus yard run on the defense. It is Wheels. Yeah. Manning. I, is it, I guess I just haven't seen him run and open up. Uh, I don't doubt it at all. Um, but to run, to have a 50-yard run against the defense, that means they had a hard time catching. <laughs> so, uh, so it was a good run for him, but now the talk is that Arch Manning actually may end up Overall, in terms of overall athleticism, he may end up being the most athletic of all the quarterbacks in that room. Um, but he had a great scrimmage, uh, reportedly, and he looked really, really good. So unlike the spring game, where a lot of people were critical of Arch Manning's performance, uh, looks like he has um, kind of found his groove a little bit. And in the first scrimmage, he looked really good. This is just a sh- it was a show me something scrimmage. Sark did say, and I'm sure he'll reiterate this when he speaks to the media today, that the second scrimmage, that will be the depth chart scrimmage. And we'll give you some more reports about that when we go behind the burnt orange curtain. Uh, but, yeah, the biggest, I guess, headline coming out of the scrimmage was that Arch Manning not Speed. only had a had a great performance in the scrimmage, but, yeah, he Fifty something yard run against the Texas defense, and I'm assuming, like I said, I want because I think it was first team versus second team, and so I don't think they went ones on ones. Maybe next scrimmage they'll go ones on ones. Hell, right now they probably don't even know who all the ones are necessarily. So uh, from what it was reported, there were ones on twos. So we don't know exactly all the details about how it went down with Arch Manning. The quarterbacks look good, but said the defense overall may have had a better day. Yeah, that's typical early in camp. And, yes, it is. Um, you know, there's no game plans going on, right? They're throwing a little bit at each other, but at the same time, you know, the only thing, not the only thing, we'll do more in the behind the burn orange curtain. Hopefully, you hear from Sark coming up. But the significance is if, if Arch Manning, someone's got to be the backup quarterback to Quinn Ewers, right? And if there's a competition, if Arch Manning continues to, to raise the bar, um, you know, could he be the backup, not Malik? But I think most people assume it's Malik Murphy right now. He looks great. And, but you're going to need a backup. We unfortunately. Oh, you know that. I mean, we've only had, what, uh, six times, I believe, since 1999, where a quarterback has started every game uh, and played through and finished every game for Texas. Yeah, because of course, gotta have one. Gotta yeah, have exactly. One. We've seen at the end of the season, whether it be a Cole McCoy or whether it be a Sam Ellinger, start every game and then can't finish the last game. So being able to start every game and finish every game is a remarkable feat. Only one team did it last year in the entire Big Twelve. And that was Hunter Deckers, who is no longer on that Iowa State team. Who would have bet on that? <laughs> ah, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. I'll take that bet. <laughs> um, so, yeah, man, it, it is a fragile position. you got to make sure you got multiple guys. And I think the biggest comfort for Texas fans, hey, you might have three of them. You definitely got two with Malik Murphy and Quinn Ewers. Uh, more, more behind yeah. the burn, burn orange curtain coming up at the bottom of the hour. Also, 
uh, from the college football realm as we count down the days. We are at number 15, speaking of countdowns, Rod, in our Horn E and Rod B Top 20 Countdown. Yep. In the 9 o'clock hour, we're going to hit uh, number 15, and you know where we're going. Under the under the dome, mm-hmm. the Golden Dome. We will preview the Notre Dame hey, fighting who, Irish. Who have and I, and I was actually talking to a Notre Dame uh, insider about this like a year ago, and the discussion that we were having, crazy enough, was Notre Dame is about to prioritize the state of Texas in recruiting. Yes, and this was before they actually came down here and did it, and it was like it, it was crazy. We were br- breaking down the kind of the hypothesis as to why Notre Dame should be attacking Texas, and it turns out they came right to Central Texas in the backyard yes. of uh, Texas and Texas Longhorns and decided to pluck a few guys. Jaden Greathouse off that Westlake team oh, and man. more. But, uh, and now they have, is, I think, one of the best corners. I think he might be the best corner in Central Texas, actually, in my opinion. I haven't seen him all. Who's that? Leonard Moore. Yeah, Leonard Moore. Oh, man. Out the of Round Rock. Yeah. Braylon uh, James, too, right? Yeah, Braylon James. Jalen James, too, yeah. They, yeah. I mean, exactly. That's three of them just from this area. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's fertile. We know that. And, uh, of course, we'll, we'll learn more with our friend Pete Sampson, who covers Notre Dame for TheAthletic.com and has for a long time. Sam Hartman, though, one of the top transfer quarterbacks in the portal. He comes from in Wake from Forest. Wake Forest, has yeah. been a four-year starter. Now, uh, speaking of Wake Forest, there is news on that front that the four ACC schools, so the ACC held a vote into the weekend about adding Stanford and Cal to the ACC. There's also the debate about SMU being included as the ACC is trying to mm-hmm. expand their footprint and maybe take advantage of the collapse of the Pac-12, which is now a Pac-4. And the four AC schools, ACC schools that opposed it, they need 12 of the 15 votes. Uh, Florida State, Clemson, North Carolina, and NC State all voted against it. Wow. Yeah, said no. Did they just not see value in the acquisition? Do Is it – did they give reason as to – was they reported as to a reason why they voted against it, why they were opposed? It says here in some cases school presidents and ADs are split on their stances, so the school president or the AD not seeing eye to eye. Okay. That's uh, it, to be the revenue rules. share too. As simple as man, we don't think they because I, I, are they taking the discounted revenue share right. too? I mean, what? Well, the, look, I mean the Stanford and the Cal are desperate, so they've said we'll take a half share. Yeah, and the, I think SMU basically said something similar as well. We'll take nothing. <laughs> we <laughs> just, just want let us in. in. Just let Can us we just in. get a free a free space in your conference, a free spot? Well, this is where look. I mean, this what does a conference commissioner do? This is where leadership matters, right? This is where you got to unite it and sell the vision, so that you can get everybody on the same page. But problem in the ACC is nobody's on the same page because Clemson and Florida State they want more of the revenue. They need that. They want to be big time football powers, which they have been. Yet they see themselves falling behind in coming years if they can't raise you know create more revenue. Uh, is this going to raise enough? Because obviously, you know, the, the idea would be to open up and add the West Coast and maybe even the Metroplex of Dallas and then go back to ESPN and say, look, can you raise the money here? We're, you know, we're, we're going to bring them in as half members, but we need more money. And now we have, you know, a larger footprint in which we're going to be playing football games in, which is where all the dollars mm-hmm. come from. But according to Nicole Auerbach, who does incredible reporting for TheAthletic.com and all things college football, she says in some cases the school school's presidents and ADs are split. So even knowing the identities of the dissenters of what we call an informal straw poll, not an official vote, but uh, the four schools, according to her, that voted against it uh, in the recent vote over the weekend were Florida State, Clemson, North Carolina, and NC State. And there's a lot of reports of acrimony between the leaders of the ACC. Oh, no doubt. They're not on the same page. Like I said, you got to – 
well, we read the quotes, but essentially, just paraphrasing, Florida state officials are saying the quiet part out loud. Yes. They are basically saying it is not a matter of if, but when we leave the ACC, and they are mocking the grant of rights as a document that will not impede them yeah, exactly from doing what they want to do. They said their lawyers are telling them they have a way out of this grant of rights deal. We'll see. They, maybe it's a game of chicken at this point. Well, and remember, Notre Dame, who we're going to preview today at number 15 in our countdown, not a full member of the ACC, but they have been a proponent of Cal and Stanford being added. Yeah, they want to add more academic kind of standing to well, their Well, they play partner. Stanford every year, and that's one of their partners yeah, in sure crime too. and all yeah. this. And Cal would be a, a great school to add. And, of course, ACC does feature you know, really well-regarded academic schools like Duke and yeah. North Carolina. And Notre Dame and Virginia, is that. Notre Dame. It's, not, it's tougher to win at Notre Dame because of their academic requirements. Yeah. Yeah, really good schools. Now, yeah. Florida State, Tallahassee. Hey! has got to know your ABCs to get in this facility. Hey! <laughs> hey, man. Trust me. Hey, I, 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 I narrowed my choices down. Florida State was one of my final five. I think um, that's the only school in the ACC that's like a bad school, though, academically. Clemson. Clemson's a good school. Like a high, what do you mean? It's not easy to get into Clemson. Okay. Oh, is it real? Okay. Yeah. I, I, yeah, well, it's Miami's good, that. good school. That makes sense. Miami's a real right. good school. Virginia Private Tech's school. a really good school. Okay. Hokies. Yeah. All right. Just so Florida State. Just well, Florida State wants out. They're like, we ain't get the hell out of here, man. We belong in the SEC. <laughs> we belong in the SEC. <laughs> All right. So we'll learn more speed. about uh, Notre Dame coming up next hour. <laughs> so if you're an Irish fan or college football fan, stick with us. We'll do a deep dive into the uh, the 15th ranked team in our countdown. We'll reset our top our back five as well that we did last week as we'll go all the way to number one. Uh, 19 days, actually 18 days from now, we'll be at number one. It's a beautiful thing. As far as the count. Isn't that great? I mean, uh, oh, and can it. I just say that over the weekend, our man Chris Bennett on Twitter did a great job of Shout spotlighting you because on oh, Saturday yes. it was 21 days to the start of the uh, college football season, which Rod. CB's the best. Uh, your number 21 was, was prominent. He put a highlight of you with the pick six in the Red River rivalry game, mm-hmm. the shootout. Yep. That you guys end up losing, but you went up fourteen to three it's in that moment. Soon. Yeah, you had the cornrows going. That was looking good. That was clean, man. Clean, that was clean back then. Ooh. You also had a big hit. Uh, uh-huh. He posted like three highlights, and people blew up on Twitter watching yeah. you play it. He did two. put my quote out there. Nobody catches the ball on my side of the field. Not even me. <laughs> Mac Brown did not like that quote, man. He hated that quote. He did. He's like, you dropped some picks that you had. I dropped. I think CD posted a couple of ones. I dropped. Too. I dropped one against North Carolina. It would have been a house call. Dang. Oh, that would have been a sweet house call against North Carolina. Man, Robbie dropped it. Half of my half of my PBUs are probably dropped interceptions. Actually, not actually celebratory knockdowns. It was just more head head in hands disappointment PBUs. Yeah. Somebody said, does anyone in kids. Dallas watch SMU? I don't think anybody in Dallas watches SMU, but here's the argument. you got to think long term. Yeah, it's all about the market. If if SMU were playing Notre Dame, would people watch? Probably. Yes. If yes. SMU were playing um, Florida State yeah. or Clemson? You would check it out. More right, people so would check it out. That's the idea. And as you said, the coaches in the in the ACC would probably like to be playing games in the Metroplex for no recruiting. Doubt. No, cool. yeah, no doubt. They Where would. They can. <laughs> well, you just mentioned Notre Dame. You don't think Notre Dame would like to play a game at SMU? Yes, they would. Because they uh, they want they, <laughs> right now their footprint in Texas is getting bigger and bigger. And that's the argument again. Right now, SMU kind of an afterthought in the Metroplex. But if they were playing in a bigger conference, playing bigger games, it is the you know one of the biggest markets in America. And yeah, you think you'd turn on some eyeballs, and 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 obviously the other part of that is you'd be able to recruit DFW. Look more. what Texas is doing. We had we yeah. had Jerry Hamilton with us last week talking about if Texas isn't making the move to the SEC, Colin Simmons isn't coming to Texas. Agreed. The, the five star kid, and maybe not yep. Arch Manning, maybe not, um, you know, even Anthony Hill, who had a great scrimmage. Yeah. Apparently, I mean, those guys are they want to play in the SEC. 
Texas could never recruit to that. A&M has had that luxury, and uh, when they made the move, they were the only school in the Lone Star State that were, were playing in the in the best conference for football in, in America. Now Texas is there, and look how it's impacting recruiting. Oh, yeah, because they're recruiting SEC country now, Florida. They're getting C.J. Bass, the best players out of Florida. They got that kid, that quarterback out of Alabama. Well, uh, the argument- and the future recruiting class. Louisiana now recently, they yeah. got a footprint in Louisiana. And Louisiana you, Mac Brown didn't do enough in Louisiana. Mac Brown, he, he, you could argue, he didn't have to because he was killing. He he owned basically a monopoly share of the state of Texas, so he didn't really have to go into Louisiana. But in Louisiana, if you go look at year after year, probably last three years, but you go look at it probably going back as far as five to ten years, and you go look at uh, states that produce the most NFL players per capita, Louisiana always in the top five. Like, in always in the top five. They're probably the only state that has been in the top five, like five or six straight years in producing NFL players per capita. That state is well, loaded. Well, look, who, who was in the national title game last year? TCU, in the Metroplex, right, down to Fort yeah. Worth. SMU would argue that if you put us in one of those conferences and we're playing marquee games and we can recruit to that, mm-hmm. we can pl- we can be just like TCU is. Uh, we need, to, But we recruit in the American Athletic Conference now. Yep. So those we recruit a different type of player. Mm-hmm. We could recruit a better player and maybe even attract a bigger-name coach if we were playing – not that there's anything wrong with Rhett Lashley. I mean, he's he's the coach there no, right now. No, but U of H is that's what their plan. That's exactly is. right. U of I mean, H is a similar plan, you're, you're and you can at, see it working out for U of H a little bit. And that's the, <laughs> that would be the argument that the commissioner of the ACC would make to the presidents. Look, they're not huge yet, but why couldn't they get huge? They're in Dallas. That would be good for all of us. That's the argument. I know there are, there are contrarians to that too, and that's why it's a good debate. Somebody says, uh, "How is ESPN able to pay all this money to? They're owned by Disney. Disney going down the toilet. Will they sell ESPN?" Well. Well, look, how can they pay all this? Because, yes, ESPN puts a lot of programming on that doesn't make them money. It actually loses them money. I think mm-hmm. that's fair to say. that They just had to lay off a bunch of people. E- college football makes them money. Uh, the, how yes. are they able to yeah. afford it, Fox and ESPN? Because, you know, college game day on Saturday mornings is a juggernaut. Yeah. It is a revenue-creating monster yes. for ESPN. The games themselves. Sports is still the only – right now is the only major television show in America – that people make an appointment to watch and are going to sit there and watch it when it kicks off until it's over. Is that it's and what news. The NF- news and football that and news. games. That news and, like, disaster porn, unfortunately. Like, when you people have, like, dis- like weather. Maui, like that. Yeah, people, will watch it. people will watch it live, though. People don't watch anything else live. Those Everything's three things, that's it. Everything's on binge or record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everything else you, when they have time. Yes. Football. And, again, this is where – why are they paying these millions and billions of dollars? It's for that, that we want that, you know – they can then turn around and sell that to advertisers who will pay good money. Had, yep. Because again, people make an appointment to be watching College Game Day at nine in the morning. When Fox got in the game, why did they immediately do the big noon thing and try to build their own rival pregame show to ESPN College Game Day? Because it prints money, mm. it creates revenue. Because college football fans are going to be there, they're going to be paying attention at eleven o'clock or noon. Their game's going to kick off and they're going to watch. And they're going to watch the whole thing. The whole damn thing. Yeah, 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 most event now there obviously there's some exception, but most of the time you can, you can almost guarantee a certain amount of eyeballs for a certain amount of time, and really no other realm of entertainment these days can do that because we watch things at our convenience. Right, it's a TV show as the NFL has proven yeah. better at, than anybody at doing that, and so you know, to, so when you you just said the word eyeballs, so when when these conferences sit down with ESPN and, and the the TV media partners, what are the media partners looking for? Eyeballs, yeah. which is why the Dallas market. Maybe even out in San Francisco, Northern California with Kyle and Stanford would be appealing to them. Because right now, ESPN doesn't have any after-hours program. They don't have any late-night games because Fox and no one's, no one's in bed with the Pac-12 right now. Well, 
if you had Cal and Stanford in the ACC, well, now ESPN's got some games on the West Coast mm-hmm. because Fox owns the Big Ten, yeah, not ESPN. And that's where USC, UCLA, Washington, and, and, and uh, Stanford, or excuse me, Washington and Oregon are headed. So isn't the isn't CBS taking over the Big Ten though? After CBS this year? Is, no Fox. It's Fox. Fox. It's all Fox. Fox. It's all Fox. Fox is the one paying the huge dollars because Fox do it when when they made the power play to add USC and UCLA to follow Texas and Oklahoma to the SEC. That brought. I mean, when they sit down with the TV executives. They sell the number one media market in New York and the East Coast. They sell Chicago, which is number three. They sell L.A., which is number two. Mm-hmm. They That's where they're getting the big yeah. bucks from because yeah. they have the most eyeballs. Yeah. And Big Ten schools are mostly in those in that Midwest area with big population bases, right. and they're all huge alumni bases. That's what kind of proves the theory of what you're saying because the SEC is a better brand of college football. More eyeballs. Well, but, it's the, but the Big Ten offers them more eyeballs. That's right. <laughs> so this year, seven Big Ten games will be on CBS – and this year, yeah. Next year, the three thirty window on CBS will be Big Ten every year. Okay, yeah. So, so, so CBS and Fox partnering, but Fox is the the majority yeah. shareholder. You're right about that. Thank but, you, Ty. Because that the CBS uh, the theme music that's right. won't be that's SEC right. anymore. We, because SEC's all ESPN now, all ESPN. So mm-hmm. CBS jumped in and stole some of the Big Ten or got some of the Big Ten package along with Fox. But that's where the big dollars are coming from. You're right, uh, and that's what it's about about eyeballs. All right, and and growing the footprint. I know that. You know, college football fans roll their eyes at them, like, oh, my gosh. But that, that to answer the question of the texture, that's what pays the dollars. That's where the money comes from. Mm-hmm. They uh, want to be able to guarantee a certain amount of eyeballs, whether it's th- whether that's theoretical <laughs> and people are actually watching it or not. But people actually, I'm telling you, it's, sports is one of the last places in the new entertainment ecosystem where you can people can watch it live, where people want to watch it live. They want to watch it even as a social event with others and go on social media and talk about it while it's happening at the same time. They don't really do that with TV shows. That's exactly right. You do what we do. You go on TV and talk talk about it, but not at the time it's happening, when you want to do it. God-fearing people leave church early to be home at noon for the kickoff on Sunday if they're Cowboys, right? Yeah, (laughs) Sunday is for God and football. i got to get out of church early. God and football. Even the the, the preacher's talking about it. He's making jokes about the Cowboys. Because I might be able to push. (laughs) I might be able to record it, and I can catch up pretty quick. Yeah. But I need to be there at noon. Hey, I got it. Sorry, man. We got to get out of here. You're rushing everybody out of church. Sorry, sorry, Jim. See you. See you. God bless you. knows if he does, they're all going to leave. Right? He's right. Right. You're right about that. Somebody said, what will happen to LHN? We'll explain that on the other side, LHN Longhorn Network. Also, Rod and I will go behind the burnt orange curtain. And before the end of the hour, we're going off the record as we're having a good time with you on a Monday on, uh, of course, E and Rod B on the Horn app on hornfm.com, 101.9 AM 1260. Coming right back. The Horn. Coming up in our uh, off-the-record segment, we'll reset this uh, story involving one of the best young stars of Major League Baseball, Wander Franco. It's one of those tread lightly, could be a bunch of nothing, but at the same time, the Tampa Bay Rays certainly seem to be taking it seriously and doing their due diligence. We'll get you details on that and some other things that are off the record on this 14th of August. And uh, recapping the weekend, but having some fun as well with E and Rod B. Ty through the glass, who, as we said earlier, ran into uh, one Cooper Manning at the Don's Depot over the weekend. <laughs> Cooper Manning, of course, father of Arch. And, and we'll hear Sark coming up talking about the uh, you know, one of the things about the scrimmage on Saturday uh, was, you know, the families get to come yep. in and take yeah, it in. the families out. And it's watch pretty it. cool. Well, and, you know, that's, that's interesting. We talk about all these insider reports that we're going to talk about and behind the burn orange curtain rod from the uh, – you know, the inside Texas's and the orange bloods.com oh, yeah. and the 
Horns 24-7. They do such a great job of covering the Longhorns. But, you know, a lot of those insider reports and those eyewitnesses come from parents. <laughs> parents. Yeah, they do. You know, that, you know That's true. I, I know you know who you, that used to drive the most crazy. Tom Herman. Mac Brown. Oh, really? Oh, Mac Brown. You Tom Herman, remember Tom Herman, he brought the parents in okay. and told the parents yeah, well, that's that it. I will not stand for you parents talking to the, he told this to the parents, talking to the media. You're not, a, he told parents, you're not allowed to talk to the media. And lectured we, found, them. we found out about that from a report from Brian well, Davis, I else, believe. Guess who else got the lecture? They spoke to the media. Guess who else got the lecture early on in Tom Herman's tenure? Who? The media. And, <laughs> I don't want the media talking to the media. Which doesn't go well. Which, yeah, quit telling me what you want them to do, Tom. Well, and that's the thing. Like, quit, and, come on. And, 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 but Mac Brown hated it, too, because oh, yeah, like, like these sites get to know these parents and brothers and uncles. Way before they the commit to you. Drill. Way yeah. before they commit yeah, to you. During the recruiting process. Yeah. So once they get on campus, they still have the cell phone number. Yep. And they can still text them and say, hey, how'd they look today? Exactly. And, and dad some might will go. Say, some will say, I'm not going to tell you. Some will say, hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, because now, no, people don't really like it, but we live in the, the kind of strange world, seedy world, where everybody has contacts, even, of course, these, these members of the media who work for these really good sites who are insiders themselves. And they know a lot of coaches and stuff like that going on. We live in a transfer portal era where all you need is a connection to a connection <laughs> to say, like, hey, you know what? I don't like my circumstance. You know this guy? Yeah, I know that guy. And you have a friend of a friend that can, that can oh, talk yeah. to somebody or reach out, and all you need to know is, hey, this person here may want to change their circumstance. So you live in that world now. So that's why these parents, oh no, they're not, they're not, they're not, you know, burning any bridges. No, they're keeping all their connections because they're gonna need them. You're gonna sure, need them. I'm sure at Don's Depot Saturday night, Cooper Manning was talking about his son's speed, speed, <laughs> quickness. Who knew? Who knew Lawrence yeah. could run away from the defense? Fifty. 55-plus yard run Yeah, we'll get defense. that. Hey, what, with that in mind, before we get to off the record, and also, as we said, we'll shine the spotlight on Notre Dame, number 15, and our countdown to number one this morning. Uh, let's, uh, let's go behind it. Let's go behind it. It's the uh, BOC, we call it, the Burnt Orange Curtain. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? All right, before we get into some of the uh, reports from the first scrimmage, uh, let's hear from Steve Sarkeesian, head coach of the uh, Texas football team. This is from prior Friday, to yeah. the scrimmage, from Friday, and obviously he had the scrimmage this weekend. But prior to the scrimmage, he was asked about you know what he hoped to accomplish, uh, what's his overall outlook in the scrimmage, what, what are you looking for. Here is Steve Sarkeesian. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah, these scrimmages are always unique. We'll we'll probably finish up right around one twenty five, one thirty. Um, Total play offense and you know offense and defense combined. And so when you look at it, it's roughly sixty or so plays per side of the ball. And so it should feel when the guys are done like we like game ish, right? I mean, depending on the game. Um, and then obviously we'll work all of our phases of special teams in there as well. But more guys will be playing tomorrow too. You know, everybody will get an opportunity to to get in there, um, whether it's ones, twos, or threes. 
uh, what that looks like. And then it'll be a lot of fun tomorrow too. Tomorrow, the you know the parents get to come to the scrimmage um, and see see their kids play. Their families can come, and then we have a big barbecue after. So um, I think on that front, giving everybody an opportunity. Um, one is, is cool because they get to perform in front of their family, but two, it lightens the load on some guys. You know, the guys aren't having to play the entire time, so the whole team's going to get in there tomorrow and, and, and compete. Where you going in the morning? Someone tells me that barbecue, one of that's Whitfields, my man oh. Casey Stone. Oh. He, he usually does a lot of the barbecuing. And for, he cooks up a lot of brisket, I know yeah, that. Yeah, for like the Texas, I don't know, recruiting events and stuff like that, so I wonder if he's doing that. Anyway, but Whitfields is awesome. You should uh, Make sure you get a chance to taste some of that if you are in the neighborhood. Anyway, um, getting back to the scrimmage reports. So we talked a lot about the Alfred Collins report yeah. earlier. There was a shout-out. And by the way, shout-out to all the great sites inside Texas, Orange Bloods, Horns 24-7. You know, I kind of gather <laughs> different material from all the sites because they all do a really, really good job. Uh, but uh, one of the reports – and uh, shout out to Horns 24-7, I believe it specifically got it from there, was that when asked, uh, when they asked a source about who was the best defender in the scrimmage, it was Alfred Collins, they said, which uh, me and E talked about that, and uh, we'll get back into that conversation a little bit later on. Um, but that defensively was probably one of the most exciting headlines I think Longhorn fans saw, along with the defense actually playing really well. They forced uh Two, what well, they had two interceptions and they had a forced fumble too. So you need this defense to be a little bit more opportunistic. We talked about that uh, as well. But here's a, no, a nice little nugget here about the offense. Uh, Jonathan Brooks and CJ Baxter. Uh, apparently, both of those guys had really good days uh, when they asked the source who had the best day for the running backs. Both names were mentioned, and it said uh, CJ Baxter had an explosive play, and both of them had their moments. And it looks like that could end up being your one two punch at running back right now would be C.J. Baxter, the freshman coming from Florida, and Jonathan Brooks. Got me thinking about last season. Last season you had the best one-two punch at running back in the country. And actually, I don't even know if it was actually close with Bijan and Rojo. You had the best starting running back in the country, and you had the best it, technically, I guess he was a backup, backup running back in the country, but Rojo was treated like a starter. He was, I, I believe Kyle Flood called him the conscience of the offense. <laughs> uh, and I love that term. But because of that, because your best player and your best leader were both in the backfield, Sark probably utilized more two tailback sets and multi tailback sets than he ever used. Um, probably going back to his time with Atlanta when he was transitioning that offense from Kyle Shanahan's offense, which is a 21 personnel offense, two backs, one tight end with a traditional fullback. He used a traditional, he used a non-traditional tailback with two tailback sets to help transition that offense from Shano's to his offense. And he did use a lot of 21 and 20 personnel. Well, last season, um, Texas used a lot of it because you're trying to get your best players on the field. I think we all agree, Rojo, Bijan, that was some of your best players on the field. So they got to 21 personnel uh, like above 11% of the time, more than 11% of the time, which is a good number. Probably should have been higher because it ended up being their most explosive and their most efficient personnel package when it came to passing the football and even really in yards per play you can look at yards per play highest yards per play out of 11 12 six offensive line package your big 11 big 12 multi-back sets even your 30 31 sets uh was 21 personnel that was your most explosive personnel package based on yards per play 
Uh, if you look at explosive play rate, that's pa- passes of at least 15 yards, rushes of at least 10 yards, 21 personnel, also your most explosive play, uh, most explosive personnel package looking at explosive play rate as well. Um, and if you look at yards per attempt in passing, uh, you also had your highest yards per attempt out of 21 personnel, more so than any of the personnel grouping. So that was your best personnel grouping last season, in my opinion. I don't know if you'll use it as much because you don't have both Rojo and Bijan, but I do wonder if Sark will still utilize it at all. It will be part of his repertoire concerning how effective it was last year analytically, disproportionately more so than your other personnel packages. Yeah, well, we will see. And obviously, they they, they like their backfield talent-wise, but unproven versus last year with yeah. Jonathan Brooks and then C.J. Baxter, who Sark has said we're, we're we didn't put training wheels on these freshmen. We're gonna we think they can handle it. They're gonna go. He never does. Look at Kelvin Banks, Xavier Worthy. Yeah. You can go. You can go. You can go. And uh, <laughs> Anthony Hill uh, on the yep. defensive side. Malik Muhammad had the interception, pick six. I mean, the, you know, again, if you're if you're good enough, you're old enough. We don't really care about the number next to you because if you're really good, like we're recruiting right now, you might only be your few years, right? You might have three hopefully, years with us. And that's you, the, hopefully that's the case. That's get that kind case. of factory going. So get them on the field. Uh, no, that's good stuff right there with Rod Babers behind the burn orange curtain. We'll hear more from Sark coming up. And as we said, Sark will meet the media this afternoon after their afternoon practice. i got to think the next couple of weeks the Longhorns are going to be doing some afternoon work just to get ready for the 230 game with Rice. I mean, you it's coming. To. Yeah, you're 19 get, days out. It'd I mean, be irresponsible not to do it. So you're going to see them, and then Sark will meet with uh, the assembled media afterwards. And that's where I think you'll hear for the first time his thoughts on the scrimmage. If there were any injuries, there were some reports of Jordan Whittington left left with a something arm or hand related. Uh, hopefully, we hear from Sark on that today and his thoughts of who stood out. And uh, Sark is usually pretty candid about who who jumped off the field for him. And um, speaking of the backfield, as we're talking about, you know, C.J. Baxter and Jonathan Brooks being kind of that one-two punch. It it also was stated in the in some of the practice reports that Keelan Robinson had explosive plays, and that's what he does, right? He when he gets the ball when he's targeted or gets the ball in his hands. He's an explosive player. I think we still forget about that he's still here. Right? And yeah. Sark loves him because Sark loves speedy, smallish, speedy guys. And last year he took a tremendous step forward. Remember his first year, he, he couldn't even catch the ball um, beyond the line of scrimmage. They basically didn't even target him beyond the line of scrimmage. Last year he was targeted several times past the line of scrimmage, ended up being explosive plays, even touchdowns. Yeah, he, I think his role will expand. What we know about him, he doesn't need to be a main course running back like you had him in that Washington game versus, you know, in Alamo Bowl. He's not a main course running back. He's a he's a side dish. He's not chicken fried steak. He's your mashed potatoes and gravy, your mac and cheese. But that doesn't mean that that's still not one of the items you look most forward to when you're enjoying that meal. He's your jet ski man. Yeah, exactly, right? He, jet he's skis just, are fun. Yeah, exactly. But they're not, they're not a not boat. The, not the boat. It's not the boat, but it's fun. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm with you. I think he, you're going to see a lot more of them, but in a creative way. So don't. You still might get some of those multi-back sets. Remember last year, they ran 31 personnel, 30 personnel. They put all three of them out there, that triangle formation sometimes. You may see some funky stuff like that just to get Keelan Robinson on the field more. Well, and the report was it was a long run on a fourth and one. So he broke the line on a short yardage play, which everyone's jammed mm-hmm. up. and. See you, house call. And he's got that He's got that other gear. He uh, does, man. All right, so there's behind the BOC with Rod B. Uh, one other thing to watch for. We mentioned Colin Simmons' commitment last week a lot and his big decision up at Duncanville High School, and that, you know, really, you know, set everybody in a good mood into the weekend. Yes, it did. And now the next question is, could there be multiple top players who follow Colin Simmons? Because mm. Colin Simmons has made no secret that I'm going to Texas. There is a report that he said – 
that he told some of the reporters or people offline up at Duncanville that he's planning to bring Kobe Black with him. Kobe Black is a five-star cornerback, ranked as the number 25 player in the nation, who plays for Waco Connolly High School. And that uh, Colin Simmons is saying, hey, I'm bringing him with me. Kobe's coming. We need that guy. Five-star corner. There's also a defensive lineman from Lafayette, Louisiana, named Dominic McKinley. He also is a five-star player, number 23 in the country. And then Ryan Wingo, a wide receiver from St. Louis, Missouri, uh, five-star player. And then Brandon Baker, offensive tackle, Santa Ana, California, modern-day high school. These are all top 25 five-star players. There is some thought that with Colin Simmons' decision that these dominoes could fall and the Longhorns could get two or maybe all four of those remaining five-star players. If you get a five-star defense, I think the, the Dominique McKinley is an interior defensive lineman. Yeah, D-tackle. Um, you get him, and then you just brought in Colin Simmons, too, in that same class. That would be. And then you bring in a, five, a corner, too. That's <laughs> also a five-star. Kobe Black. And Kobe's the one that yeah. it, it seems like that he and Colin Simmons are friendly. And he's uh, up there on I-35 in Waco. And Brandon Baker's the big one. Uh, left tackle prospect out of modern day, out in modern California. Day. Yeah, is that the is modern day in the uh, L.A. like uh, Southern California? Greater, yeah. Is it in the greater L.A. area? Okay. Yeah, I, Santa I, I, Anna is where it's at. I was just doing Santa Anna, California. I told you I was just doing a research about that, and I found out that L.A. is right behind DFW in terms of the largest mega metroplexes that produced the most NFL talent since 2020. But Atlanta. I did the research, guys. Atlanta actually is king right now. It's not DFW. DFW is second, but Atlanta is king. Atlanta's produced 61 NFL draftable players. It's not including guys who went undrafted, but 61 NFL draftable players since 2020. That is why Georgia is back-to-back national champion. That's a big part of it. Favorite again this year. Yeah, to do it again because Atlanta is producing NFL players at a rate that no other me- me- mega metroplex in the country is right now. And I think that, that that's part and parcel, right? Atlanta's producing good talent, but then Georgia's developing them with Kirby Smart to a really high level with their strength and conditioning and their development program. Then those guys end up in the NFL, right? That goes hand in hand. Okay, this says, and you guys address the LHN Longhorn Network thing because I teased it earlier. Longhorn oh, yeah. Network, this is its last year yeah. in existence. LHN will be rolled into the SEC network. Yep. Now there has that's not been finalized. I'm sure there's been talks behind the behind the curtain there. Uh, maybe the LHN, you know, its facility here in Austin mm-hmm. becoming kind of a western flank of the SEC network yep. to where, you know, you could still do things out of there and, and cover Texas and Oklahoma and A&M and do, but it's going to become part of the southeast Eastern Conference network, SEC network. Yeah. On, yeah. So LHN you, as its, its sole entity will not exist. Yeah. So That'll roll into the SEC network. Those days are done. Yeah, but uh, you can't watch the Natty Championship in the middle of the day every day now. <laughs> yeah, you, well, you might want to go ahead and invest. In, you might want DVR it or something. Well, right I would there. also suggest budgeting to be able to invest in the ESPN Plus app because the ESPN Plus app, if you don't already have it, that's where you're going to see a lot of college baseball in the SEC mm-hmm. and college basketball in the SEC when the Longhorns join that, uh, football games. but and, and so, yes, ESPN Plus app. They're going to put a lot on there, and that's why you could see Austin and you know the LHN facility being used because it's still an ESPN property, right, the SEC mm-hmm. network. Uh, but that is all yet to be determined, but you can know that the LHN will not be moving with the Longhorns. We come back. Uh, let's go off the record, including Peyton Manning. Peyton. Professor Peyton Manning. <laughs> yeah, we got the real deal. Uh, Peyton Manning is not busy enough. He's, he's, he's now Professor Manning. We'll tell you about that coming back. Take us with you anywhere. Listen live at hornfm.com or download the Horn app. The Horn, where Austin talks sports. 
D Mega Doo Doo. I'm sorry, Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Delhi Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get. They bring the egg comb. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in the good sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live. I can. I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. Oh, off the record. Never sucks. Always good, including <laughs> congratulations to Austin's professional softball team. Hey, the I like Texas that. The Texas Smoke, the first ever uh, WPF champions. They won the championship over Congratulations, weekend. ladies. Texas like Smoke. You're damn right. I mean, Austin Gamblers are a cool Smoke name. Man. Austin FC is kind of a cool name. They got great uniforms, but Texas Smoke is man, the best name. It's pretty damn sweet. I'm not gonna lie. How about this, Rod? Legit. Professor Manning, Peyton Manning is returning to the University of Tennessee. Look at this dude. As a professor, university announced today that the College of Communication and Information have appointed Manning as a professor of the practice in the fall 2023 mm. term. I mean, the man does have a lot of knowledge. The Pro Football Hall of Fame quarterback will chill, will join select classes during the academic year as a featured expert and work alongside the college's faculty mm. to provide learning experiences for CCI mm. students at Tennessee. Did Matthew McConaughey do uh, like a oh, professor yeah. minister of culture or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The they, they come like three times a semester, and hey, and the school of communication. It's cool, right. though. It's cool though. Well, and there I, you go. Well, and, and, you know, he's not only because he can tell you about football, but he's done television. He's also producing his own mm. documentaries. The quarterback series on Netflix is the Omaha Productions, right? He started that. He's a renaissance man. So he's deep into the communications realm. So that makes sense. Um, did he ever graduate from Tennessee? I mean, I'm just asking. I mean, I know he went there. I believe he did. He get up, get his degree and everything? I believe that he did. And uh, like Craig Way. Great Craig Way. He gave an honorary degree anyway if he well, didn't yeah, well, get it. Well, Craig graduated from North Texas up in Denton, and Craig goes up once a semester and speaks at least to the communications class, right? I mean, you can bring in, but he's going to actually be a part of the curriculum at least for this fall. So where do you go, Peyton? Um, Giving back. I think it'll be like people, it'll get packed real quick. People will be trying to get that Peyton Manning class. Yeah, they I would. fill up real fast, trying to get that Peyton Manning class. I'm down with that. Uh, how about this? You know, um, the... Broncos head coach Sean Payton. I do. Been talking a lot of trash. He told James Palmer of NFL Network that he doesn't want to see certain things uh, on his sideline during the first preseason game. This is a report from James Palmer. It said he didn't want to see uniforms off after players are done playing, meaning taking their uniforms off and putting their shoulder pads on the sideline, just kind of hanging out, kicking it. Didn't want to see that. He didn't want to see sunglasses on the sideline. So no sunglasses. He didn't want to see bucket hats. Oh. He said no bucket hats. Apparently he's very specific about this. Bucket hats annoy him. And no interviews for players during the game. He didn't want y'all interviewing with some sideline reporter during the game while the game's going on. So he wants you to be focused on the game. Um, we don't know if this was done intentionally or if it was just coincidence. <laughs> But if you uh, look at Garrett Wilson's interview that he had with uh, during the game the, yeah. with the Jets, he's wearing a bucket hat. He's got sunglasses on. He took off his shoulder pads. So he has no like shoulder pads or anything. So he's on street clothes on the sideline, and he's doing an interview during the game. There are a lot of people that believe this is a low. This is kind of a low down troll. This is kind of a troll job on the down low on Sean Payton and his very specific 
requirements and, and, and things that he was well, disallowing Sean, on the sideline. Sean is clearly trying to rein in what he thought was a very loose environment last yes. year under Nathaniel Hackett. Yes. And if you've seen the first episode of Hard Knocks, by the way, the second episode of the Jets on Hard Knocks is tomorrow night. That's what we get. Uh, it came out last night. Oh, it did? Sunday night. It's right? every Tuesday. Is it? No, you know what was on last night? The next episode of Winning Time, the behind the Lakers. Oh, did that is that already started? Two, the second season, season two. Also, okay. Billions season seven. I watched that last night. That's my show. Last night, yeah. Uh, Paul Giamatti. Yeah, man. man. He's back. Oh, and Axe is back. Axe is no, back. No, no spoilers. No, because they've been they've been teasing that. <laughs> they have been teasing. But Axe is back. Well, it's the last season. You got to bring Axe back. Got to bring him back. It's the last season. They got to bring him back. Yeah. Uh, so yes, that all is fine. I love up. Billions. Billions. Great show. Uh, winning Time. The rise I'm, of the Lakers. I also have not gotten into Winning Time. I think I watched one episode. I liked it. I liked season didn't one. Pursue it. I was a big fan. John uh-huh. C. Riley's amazing. Yeah, as, as Jerry mm. Buss. Some of the, the real Lakers, some of their accounts and some of their criticism of the show oh, yeah. turned me off a little bit. Well, honestly. Jerry West was furious. Oh, like three like three or four of the players in there were like, I don't like it. Oh, it's Hollywood eyes. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. Because uh, Jerry West is an icon, and it makes him seem like a total ass. Drunken ass, ass you know what. Uh, but, by the way, speaking of new TV shows, Rod, are you planning to watch the new Charles Barkley, Gail King, CNN show? No. Me? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no. What, Good what kind of show is this supposed to be? Charles Political? Barkley with Gail King. Are we talking about news and yes. like commentary? Like, what is Stories of the day, I guess. Gail King, of course. Ugh, Oprah's friend. That sounds terrible. That sounds bad. Coming is it going to be every day? I think it's every night. Wow. Charles getting that big money. It's big money. Big one. When he was talking, remember when the live tour was front of him? He said, "Give me some of that." Nah. What could he possibly have to say on like world news? Oh no, he, he has some. He has an opinion think, about it. I he have an opinion. I don't have an opinion, but what I, would be I would a good guess, opinion. I would guess the format would informed, be I don't know. much like it is on TNT. It's going to be Gail King moderating the Ernie Johnson role of just giving the story, and then Charles will sound off. Well, he needs more than just him. He he needs like a crew. A crew helps him. Uh, is he allowed to drink during this, like he is during the TNT broadcast? <laughs> 